All right, man, I'm so glad you're here too. Honestly, honestly, I missed you guys. <clears throat> the winter break is so long already. And to like add two more weeks to it, so it's like eight, nine weeks since I've seen some of y'all. Even, even y'all that went to Salt, that was like 25 days ago, so that was crazy. Um, so glad to see each and every one of you to get a chance to worship uh, again, uh, to get to jump into the Word together, to encourage one another. Um, and you guys mean so much to me. I love you so much. Makes me happy to see your faces. Um, let's jump into the Bible together. If you guys have your Bibles, we're going to be in Psalm 133. Psalm 133. Uh, Father God, thank you again for the opportunity to study your word together. Would you prepare our hearts, make our hearts good soil for your wanting us to learn that your word would implant in us and grow and bear a harvest of faith, a harvest of righteousness in us. God, shape and mold us to be the men and women of God that you desire for us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> <laughs> better, better. It's in there. It's out now. How many of you guys, so during the break, uh, had a little bit of downtime, right? You, some of you worked during the break, but some of you guys had some time. Or, this is cozy kickoff, by the way, right? Some of you guys, some of you guys dress cozier than others, but it's cozy kickoff because, man, we, it was cold, right, when we were going to kick off, and it's still, it's still not warm. But anyway, so the cozy kickoff idea, how many of you guys were cozy over the break and maybe watched a good show, watched a good movie? Uh, show of hands, man, who, who likes to go with the drama, right? You're wanting to cuddle up, watch something, you want something dramatic. Yeah, several hands. Um, and so uh, you want something where there's some, there's some conflict and there's some emotions and people upset, people angry, right? Uh, some of you guys, man, some of the, some of the gentlemen, I mean ladies too, of course, but the guys I know that like to watch wrestling, right? They, they are about the drama and it's not just the physical athleticism in the ring and around the ring and sometimes other places. Uh, it's the drama behind the scenes, right? Like I'm going to get you and I'm talking, talking some drama, you know, behind the stage and, and, uh, and, and there's backstabbing and betrayal and it's the drama, right? That keeps you coming back. Like you can watch some guys throw each other around, but, but it's the drama that hooks you, that brings you back. Man, a good reality TV show is going to have an element of drama. Now, if everyone's happy and getting along, and I'm sure that can be well filmed, uh, you know, and well well crafted. But, it, but those reality shows with the drama have the highest ratings or the highest viewership, rather. Right? That gets people back. We like drama. That's probably a human nature thing in our entertainment, right? And of course, in fiction, it needs some some kind of drama, some kind of conflict to drive the plot, right? You got to have that, or you're just sitting around. There's nothing happening. Uh, but we, man, we crave. Uh, and we, we like like watching drama. I mean, sometimes maybe a not good part of our human nature, man, thrives on seeing drama around us, even if it doesn't involve us. I mean, see a fight break out or, or see a, a text thread where, oh, man, she went off on him. And, and uh, that's not good, but, but sometimes that gets us excited. We, we like to be entertained uh, by drama. We love drama in our entertainment, but not so much in our personal lives and relationships, right? We like the drama to be out there. Uh, we like the, the conflicts exciting when it's on the screen, but we don't like that drama in our own friendships, relationship, in our family. I mean, when, it, when it's there, when it's close to home, it causes us all kinds of stress, all kinds of anxiety, all kinds of aggravation. Um, there's all kinds of things that will divide us, uh, you know, in a family, in a friend group, I mean, even a community like this, Kyle, for there's things that will come in uh, and bring division. Uh, and it's fun to see that drama on the screen. But when it's real life, it hurts and it's painful. 
Uh, and every single person in this room has experienced that at some point. None of us are immune to being a human being on this earth. It means there's going to be uh, painful times. There's going to be hurtful things. There's going to be someone did you wrong. And someone spoke about you and they shouldn't have. Someone did this and they were and didn't consider where you were at. Uh, and it hurts, right? Uh, these divisions, man, this, the, the, these conflicts cause us so much stress and aggravation. And even more than that, I want y'all to hear this, they grieve the heart of God, right? When God sees uh, man, a family where there's, there, there's stress and division and disunity, that grieves God's heart. Now, when he sees, man, a, a friend group, right, that otherwise it would, would be getting along and loving one another, encouraging one another, and then there's division that comes in uh, and people are, are hostile towards each other, man, that grieves the heart of God, especially here in the body of Christ, Right, the body of Christ, where there's a gathering of believers, I mean, like at a Kyle, I mean, like at church, like at a Bible study, we've got a gathering of believers, right? And they're there to love one another, encourage one another. But then division comes in and strife comes in and conflict comes in and drama comes in and people are talking about each other and, and against one another. That breaks the heart of God, grieves God's heart. Um, I, I'm a dad, right? And I have, I have uh, three kids of my own. They're teenagers uh, now uh, and so this doesn't happen so often now. But when they were younger, right, like much younger, uh, and I would come home and and um, and you you walk through the door and, and there's there's different sounds you can come through even before you even see the kids. Sometimes you open the door and you hear them laughing and playing and having a good time, and that warms your heart. Man, all right, my kids having a good time. Everybody's getting along. Everybody's happy. Other times. You may open up that door as a parent. Natalie and Derek are parents, right? right? And so they've experienced it. You open the door and then you hear fighting. You hear, man, she took my toy, man. He pulled my hair, man. He did that. And, and when, the, when the fight, man, that, that's not fun to come home to, right? That, that's, not, that's not what you want to hear, man. As a parent, it, it breaks your heart to see, to see your kids been fighting, not getting along, aggravate each other. I mean, one, as a, as a human parent, you've got to step in there and Discipline, correct, separate, say, hey, let's talk about forgiveness. Let's talk about we forgive one another, right? And they, they, did, they did wrong. That wasn't right. But Jesus forgave us. We need to forgive them too, right? And so there's that element. But also it's just, and you want there to be unity in your house, right? You want there to be love, peace, unity in your house. And when there's that division there and folks are angry at each other and fighting. And again, those of you guys, every single person in here has experienced that at some point. Maybe it's a sibling, maybe a cousin, maybe in your friend group. Or, or there's been fighting uh, and, and aggravation and, and the adult had to step in, right? But, but it breaks their heart, right? And our Heavenly Father's the same way, right? When he sees conflict between his children, right? Your brothers and sisters in Christ and there's conflict and disunity and aggravation with one another and it breaks his heart, right? That's not what God wants for us. That's not his desire for us. Uh, God wants his children to love one another and to actively pursue harmony and unity in our relationships with one another. A unified body is one that he promises to bless, and that unity will also draw others to him. So God promises to bless unity, and it's also that unified body that loves one another well that's going to make God attractive to people on the outside. It's going to draw people in. So in the text we're looking at tonight, it talks specifically about how beautiful and pleasing it is to God when his people are living in harmony with one another. All right, so we're going to be in Psalm 133. Let's take a look at it together. Psalm 133. And it starts with this uh, superscript above it. It says, a song of ascents. We'll talk about what that means. And it's of David. So this one's written by David, if you guys know, know David from the Bible. 
It's just three verses. Here it is. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It's like a precious oil poured on the head, running on the, down the beard, running down Aaron's beard, down the collar of his robe. It's as if the dew of Mount Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. And there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. It says how good and pleasing is it when God's children are dwelling together in unity. It's pleasing to God. It's pleasing to us. It's a good thing. It's a beautiful thing. And then he uses some metaphors, some analogies that, that we'll unpack here. Um, but let's look at it together. So the first part there, the song of ascent. What does that mean? These songs of ascent refer to, there's 15, uh, a collection of 15 psalms in your Bible that are called these psalms of ascent. And so as, as the uh, God's people were making their pilgrimage to Jerusalem and at different times throughout the year for different annual festivals to worship God. Uh, they would literally ascend because Jerusalem was at a higher elevation. So as they're ascending to Jerusalem, these are different psalms. A lot of them are, are short like this, uh, that, they, that they would recite together, right? That they, they would pray together, that they would worship together as they are going to meet with God and worship God through, through sacrifice and through these uh, annual festivals. So this is one of those. This is one of those. So as, as the, the, the God's people are making their pilgrimage towards Jerusalem, they, they, would, they would recite this. How good it is when we all dwell together in unity. It's pleasing. It's pleasing to God. It's something that the Lord promises to bestow blessing upon and life forevermore. It's good to be unified. Unity is pleasing to God. So they, they, would, they would recite this psalm uh, together. That's that first part, that psalm of ascent. That's what that's about. And we're told this one, uh, not all the Psalms of Ascent, but this one in particular is written by David, right? And if you guys are familiar with David's story uh, at all in the Bible, David, uh, shepherd boy, right, who, who got into a major military conflict and, and escaped alive, uh, and, and, and God really used him for several military vi uh, victories. He ends up becoming king of Israel, uh, and, and, um, and throughout his lifetime, he, there are lots of wars and conflicts and betrayals and heartache. Uh, so when David, the writer of this psalm, and writes how good it is for God's people to be in unity, David would have been familiar with the pain of disunity, right? David knew what it, knew what it was to be betrayed, to be let down. Uh, his his father-in-law, King Saul, tried to kill him on multiple occasions, right? So when a family member is trying to kill you, David can relate to, to your, your, your family drama, right? Your situations. Fast forward later in his life, his son, Absalom, leads an uprising against him, trying to kill him as well and dr drives him out of the kingdom and, um, and leads this huge civil war. Uh, he knows what it is to see a family divided. Man, he had uh, man, man, other, other, other of his children, right, that, that sinned against one another. Uh, and he saw these divisions. Uh, so when David is writing this, man, he knows, he, he understands disunity and he understands how painful it is when a family is broken. Man, when a community is broken, uh, and so, so he can relate, and many of you guys can relate, right, to, the, to, to betrayals and to having conflict, and, to, and there's, there's just division here, and I want peace. I want unity. I wish I could get along with so-and-so. I wish my family was in a place of more wholeness, uh, and, and, and this, the, this disunity, it grieves my heart. And guys, I think the Bible wants you to know it grieves God's heart as well. And God sees that, and he's brokenhearted about it, and he desires there to be unity and peace there as well. It says, how good it is 
Uh, It says in verse one, when God's people live in unity, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. And then he, he goes into this illustration where he's talking about oil being poured on somebody and dripping down their beard. And this part, may, may, you may be lost at this part. So let me explain what's going on here. It talks about the oil dripping down and running down Aaron's beard. Aaron served as the high priest uh, of the nation of Israel there in the Old Testament. Um, you, had, you had several priests that performed duties for God in the tabernacle and later in the temple that helped perform the sacrifices that needed to happen to help reconcile people to God, help, help teach people about God. Uh, and then the, the, the top priest, the high priest, uh, was Aaron. This guy Aaron is, uh, uh, you know, Aaron and Moses, God, God used them to lead the people out of captivity in Egypt. So Aaron was the first high priest. Uh, and then his descendants would be the next high priest. But the, the Old Testament describes the ceremony of him being anointed or ordained to become the high priest of Israel. Uh, and there's lots of different steps involved in that. But one of those is they would anoint him with oil, literally pour oil on his head. Now, some of you guys may have been anointed with oil at church, right? They prayed for you at church and they may put a little dab of oil on your forehead or maybe maybe pray and pray and maybe drew a little cross on your forehead. Now, this isn't that. This is pouring the whole bottle, right? The poor whole bottle on his head to where it soaks his hair, where it's dripping down his face. It soaks his beard. It's dripping down his clothes, soaked, saturated with oil. And say, man, I, I'm not about that. It's symbolic though, right? It's symbolic. Uh, but this is what they would do to the high priest as part of their ordination, part of the anointing for ministry. This was a lifetime of ministry. This is something that would happen once in their life. They would go through this ordination ceremony and then they are now high priest for life. Right, and, and they serve in this role, uh, helping to, to, to lead the people and officiate the reconciliation between the, the, the people and God uh, and to lead the other priests. And so this once in a lifetime event where the, the priests would be anointed again, the, the oil would totally cover him. What's the significance of the oil? So the oil there uh, in your Bible um, is, is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. It's the anointing of the Holy Spirit, right? So when you see that oil imagery, I mean, think about it. it's, it's the coating of the Holy Spirit is what it symbolizes there. So uh, the Holy Spirit is coming upon uh, this person for ministry, anointing them for ministry. Uh, so it's like, man, if I'm going to be anointed for ministry, I want more than just a little dab. I want to be soaked. I want to be saturated. I want to be dripping with that anointing. And that's exactly what it was for the high priest, literally dripping. And, and God says when there's unity in the body, when brothers and sisters, the children of God are living together in unity, it is like that oil is being poured out. And that blessing of the Holy Spirit, the anointing of the Holy Spirit covers the body, saturates the body. Man, man that, that group, that gathering uh, of children of God, of brothers and sisters in Christ are going to be so saturated with the Holy Spirit, so full of the Holy Spirit, right? That they're going to be saturated like Aaron's beard was saturated with oil there. That's what he's describing there. And it'll run down. It says it's also like the dew of Hermon um, and falling on uh, Mount Zion. Um, this is a quote from uh, you know, uh, missionary and, and teacher Dick Brogdon. He says, when he's talking about the, the, the do here, he's talking about the rarity of it. I mean, this, is, this would be a very rare event. It says, unity is as rare as the once-in-a-lifetime anointing of the high priest, or it's as rare as the heavy Mount Heron dew falling on the much lower, much arid Mount Zion, right? So the dew, uh, dew was common there at Mount Heron, but, but Mount uh, Zion was, was dry, arid. So you're not going to get a lot of dew there. But he says, man, the, uh, even, though, even though it's rare, man, it's precious, it's pleasing, it's like, it's like that dew. Um, 
and it's pleasing to God. Would you guys say today in 2024, now, January 24, unity is rare, right? People getting along is rare. People really loving each other and pursuing harmony and peace in their relationships, is that rare? You know, if it, if it was rare, you know, you know, 3,000 years ago when this was written, how much, how much more so now in our culture that's so, so divided? Um, what are the kind of things that divide us? Uh, are people divided over politics? Yeah. We are entering an uh, in, in election year, and right? I'm not ignorant of that. And, and there's going to be so much ugly rhetoric, right? Uh, online, certainly, on social media. But I know enough probably in your own families, right? in your own friend circles, and your classmates, right? And those of you all taking a political science class, there's going to be some debates, right? Um, yeah, politics can divide us. <clears throat> uh, race, ethnicity, and can those things divide people, right? Uh, now that's something I, man, I have no, no patience for, right? Is, is any kind of man, prejudice against, against race or other ethnicities, man, racism, man, has no place in the body of Christ. Prejudice has no place in the body of Christ. Um, but does it divide our culture? It does. Right? People that look down on other people because of man, skin color, race, ethnicity. They treat other people different. And that divides people. They think, ah, our cultures are so different. And we can't really have anything in common. But in Jesus, we're all united. We're brothers and sisters. Right? And we've got Jesus in common. And we're family members. Um, and, and that's more powerful than any kind of division of race or ethnicities. Man, there's just simple disagreements. And sometimes there's just misunderstandings and disagreements that get blown out of proportions uh, and they, they break up friendships, right? They ruin family relationships. You've got blood relatives that say, I'm never going to talk to you again, right? And they never, they've not spoken in 10 years because of some kind of disagreement I and mean, all kinds of things that will divide our culture. Unity is rare, but it's precious to God and it's worth fighting for. It's pleasing to God and it's worth fighting for. So the psalmist says that, that, that this unity, this brothers and sisters in Christ, and this family of God, being in harmony, being in unity, being at peace, loving one another, pursuing harmony with another, it's like that anointing of the high priest. And so we already talked about the priests served the Lord and helped to reconcile people to God. So in Aaron's time, and that would have been performing man, sacrifices and other, other rituals to help people uh, who, who are wanting to have their sins forgiven and be reconciled to God. Uh, those priests, man, serve, serve God, serve the people. But guys, the New Testament, man, calls all of us that are now in Christ also a royal priesthood. And you guys, as Christians, as believers, as followers of Jesus, you are now part of a priesthood as well. You also uh, have that anointing instead of oil. It's, it's the Holy Spirit himself living in you and through you, anointing you to help you reconcile people to God, to help people man, deal with their, their struggles with God and struggles with faith and help them to overcome sin and temptation and draw, draw nearer to God. And as, as a royal priesthood, as the body of Christ, man, we have that role as well. You know, that we have that, that, that uh, calling to declare the glory of the God who saves to those around us. And there's people around you, classmates, roommates, friends, family members that are far from God, that don't know God. Uh, and as a follower of Christ, you've got that anointing upon you to declare to them there's a God that loves you, can save you, can rescue you, that wants to give you life and hope and a future. Um, this is the message he's given us to declare, right? And so there's people in our life that need to hear the good news of what God's done for them in Jesus. 
You've got classmates, right? That they may have heard the name of Jesus. They may be familiar with Christianity. And so there's certainly a church on every corner here in Memphis, but they never really heard the true and news of what God's done for them in Jesus. And the freedom they can have in Christ, the forgiveness they can have, the fresh start they can have, the life that comes from following Jesus. And God wants to use you uh, to share that good news of the gospel with them uh, so that they can find peace in God, uh, peace in God and peace in their relationship with God. It's Jesus that saves us and makes us right with God. Uh, And as believers, we get to proclaim that to the world. And I want to tell you that a unified body of Christ, a unified community that loves one another, that's at peace, that's in harmony, a unified body of Christ makes that gospel message attractive to the people that need to hear it. Right. So so if you if I'm an unbeliever, if I'm far from God, man, I don't know about this Christianity thing, but I see a group of Christians, I see a group of believers and I say, wow, they really love each other. They're really there for each other. Man, they they had a conflict, and instead of cussing each other out, man, they forgave each other, and they moved past it, and now they're still friends. If someone has a need, they they, they try to rally around to meet that need. Uh, Not just, man, I hope that works out for you, but they actually do something. Uh, That kind of unity, that kind of love makes the good news of Jesus attractive to people that are far from God. I kind of want to listen to what they have to say. I kind of want what... Whatever they have, I, I need that. Or I want to be in a community like that. Because my friend circle, man, I don't know if they're going to be there for me or not. I don't know if they're going to betray me one minute or, or cuss me out behind my back. I, I don't know what's going to happen. Man, I want to be in a community that's unified like that, that loves one another like that. A unified body of Christ makes the gospel message attractive to those that are far from God. And inversely, a divided body of Christ confuses and repels people that are far from God. Man, let's say, let's say I don't know the Lord and I see a group of Christians and, and their relationship dynamics are just as ugly as any others in the world. Right. And I see I see a divided church, a divided body, a divided whatever. Um, no, I've already got those problems. I don't need that. And and religion on top of it. No, y'all can keep it. Right. Uh, that, that kind of ugliness. Uh, it causes confusion or they see, man, you're claiming one message. You're talking about love and a God that loves and unifies. But then I see how you treat so-and-so. Nah, I don't want any of that. The, a divided body of Christ is actually going to repel people from God. Uh, and and, and when, you, when you speak about Jesus, it's not going to sound as compelling versus if they see the difference in your life and in your relationships. God wants to use unity uh, as a way to see people reconcile to God as that, that priesthood anointing. Jesus said this, by, all, uh, by, by this all men will know that you're my disciples uh, for the love you have one another, for one another. I'm going to say that again. By this all people will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. Uh, he said the distinguishing characteristic of a Christian is not uh, that they read their Bible every day, that they pray every day, even though those things are good. Right, that they uh, that they, they they give to the poor, they do this or that. The, the way that people are going to know you're a Christian is if you love one another. That's the distinguishing characteristic of a Christian. The identifying characteristic of a Christian is the love we have for one another. Right, and so uh, when when someone sees a group of people and they really love one another, they should wonder to themselves, man, I wonder if those guys are Christians because they they really love well. Um, that's how it should be. Jesus is saying that's how it should be. Our unity and love for one another is the distinguishing characteristic that we should be known for. And because of this, because unity makes the gospel attractive to people that are far from God, and it's like a magnet that pulls people into relationship with God. Again, most people are not one to Christ. Most people don't come into a relationship with God because of a clever argument 
Or, the, or they, they, man, they, they read a Facebook post, oh, I'm really convicted, I guess I need to give my life to Jesus, I guess I need to repent of my sins. Most people come to Christ because someone loved them really well, right? And they're welcomed in uh, to a loving, warm community of believers, and they say, man, this is all right, I think I could be about this, uh, and, and then they're introduced to Jesus. Um, and that, that's how God wants to use you, that's how he wants to use the community of Chi Alpha, that's how he wants to use your friend group. Because unity makes the gospel attractive to people that are far from God. And because of this, the devil, the enemy, hates unity. Hates it. The devil hates unity, and he's going to do everything he can to actively oppose it. Sowing strife and division wherever possible. Um, Just as there's a God that loves you. man, I hate to say there's an enemy that hates your stinking guts and mine. Right? And he hates unity. If God loves it, then the devil hates it, right? And he's going to do everything he can to actively oppose it, to sow those little divisions in the friend group, right? To sow those little strifes and misunderstandings. And you've got an opportunity in that moment to respond in grace and forgiveness uh, or, or to respond harshly. Um, but the enemy's going to do everything he can to divide up a friend group, right? To divide up Christian brothers and sisters. Because God loves unity. He wants to work through unity. At the end of the, the chapter, says he bestows his blessing on unity. And the devil wants to rob you of that, right? So he's going to do everything he can to sow strife and division. And pray that God would give us spiritual eyes to see that. That when we're in a conflict with a brother and sister in Christ, we would realize, hold on a minute. Now, my Bible told me that I don't, I don't go to war against flesh and blood, right? That there, there are real spiritual forces in this world that are trying to bring conflict and division. But I'm, I'm not mad at Joy, right? I'm not mad at Jalen, right? right? That there's an enemy that's trying to divide us. Uh, and I need, to, I need to show them grace and mercy and I need, or beg them to forgive me. I need to show them love. Uh, but I don't, I, don't, I don't want anything to disrupt this unity because it's too precious to God. You guys hear me? And so, so where there's strife and division, we've got to realize, man, the enemy's at work here. Uh, and I want to oppose him by forgiving, by loving, by overlooking offenses, by being quick to show grace like God showed me grace, being quick to forgive, doing everything I can to actively pursue unity. Where there's a misunderstanding, well, let's clear it up and get to a place of understanding. Because I know that I know I love you and I trust that you love me and, and let's get this cleared up. It's worth fighting for. Unity's worth fighting for. Because where there's unity, like it says there in the last verse, there the Lord bestows his blessing. There the Lord bestows his blessing. What does the blessing of God look like on a group of people that are really unified and love one another? Um, This is one of those where the blessings are real obvious. Do you guys like being in a friend group where everyone's at peace and loves one another? Is that more pleasant for you? It's pleasant for God, we read, but it's also more pleasant for you. That's going to be more peace in your life, more joy in your life. And then spiritual blessings beside. Right? God wants to grow you uh, and, and stretch you and to shape you in the image of Christ. And that's going to happen more in a community where there's unity there. Right? God, God wants to, to, to grow you in your spiritual gifts. Um, he, he, he wants to, to use you to be a blessing to other people. And that's going to happen in a community uh, that's unified. And so if I want God's blessing on my life, well, Psalm 133 here said that God's blessing follows unity. So where there's a unified body of Christ... That's where he's pouring out his blessing, right? So if I want God's blessing in my life, I need to get in a community that's unified and then also actively fight for unity. So where there's division that rises up, I'm like, no, I'm not going to have any of that. I want to be a peacemaker like Jesus talks about. How can I bring peace and reconciliation and resolve conflicts and really show that I love you no matter what? And if you wrong me, man, I'm going to forgive you and we're going we're to get past it, right? And there's going to be reconciliation because it's worth fighting for. Jesus's prayer for us is that we would be one. 
right? When Jesus prays for us, and yeah, Jesus prays for you, his prayer for us is that we would be one, unified and inseparable, just as the Trinity is unified and inseparable, that we'd be one just as he and the Father are one. I've got one last verse to look at. This is the Gospel of John. John chapter 17, uh, verse 20 and 21. John 17, 20 through 21. Jesus is praying a prayer here through the majority there of John uh, 17, and he's praying for uh, God's people. He's praying for his followers and all those that would come to believe because of his followers. That's you and me. So Jesus is actively praying for you here in John 17. He prays a lot of different things for you, but one of the prayers he prays is for unity. Let's check it out. Verse 20. I'm praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. Raise your hand if that's you. Yeah, so he's yeah, Jesus praying for you. Verse 21, I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, just as you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may they be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. So, so Jesus uh, is fully God and he's part of God, part of the Godhead through what we call the Trinity where, where God the Father, God, God the Son, Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit uh, are, are all God and all completely unified, uh, one God and three distinct persons uh, completely in harmony, completely unified. And he prays for us, for me, for you, that we would be unified as God the Son and God the Father are unified. Right? He wants us to be that tight, that close, that inseparable, that, that, that we love each other so much, man, we would die before division, right? That we're not going to let anything separate us. We're going to fight for unity. And he prays that. Let them be one as you and I are one. And they'd be so unified in us uh, that the world would believe that you sent me, right? That, that we'd be so unified that it would cause people to believe, yeah, this Jesus uh, can't just be another guy, can't just be another teacher. He must be the son of God. There must be something special here. Man, I really do believe he was the Messiah, the Savior, that he was who he says he was because these people are so unified. You guys see it? So how should we live in light of this? God wants us to be unified. Jesus is actively praying for you to be unified. Jesus prayed this for you in John 17, but he also actively prays it for us now. You guys know what Jesus' role is in heaven right now. Jesus ascended to heaven. He's at the right hand of the Father, and he is actively interceding. That means praying for you and for me. And one of the things he's praying is that we'd be unified. So how do we live? Knowing that God desires us to be unified, how do we live in light of these things? We mentioned there's all kinds of things uh, that keep us from unity, and we've got to fight to overcome them, right? I mean, I, I mentioned politics as one. I, I know it's an election year. I, I'm just going to say this. We're going to get it out of the way now, and then we won't have to talk about it anymore. Uh, please don't make me talk about it anymore. Here's how Chi Alpha approaches that, right? I, I want this to be a place that is apolitical. That means there is not a political position majority in Chi Alpha, and we're going to show love and understanding and grace where there are disagreements, and there are Christians that believe and vote all kinds of different ways, right? And, and we're not going to let political disagreements divide the unity of the body. And there are biblical positions, and the Bible does speak uh, to, to, to certain, certain things that, that are sometimes on the ballot, man, that, that we vote about. But not all Christians agree about the best way to solve some of these different issues. And so we got to be really gracious to one another, right? And so I say that to say, let's not let this place not just Wednesday nights, but also in the group me or, or when we're hanging out or at life group, ever be a place where we tolerate like a heated 
ugly political debate because it's not the place for it, right? Like, like we, we may agree to disagree, but, but I still love you and I understand that, that you can still really love Jesus and you may vote different than me, right? And you may feel different about this issue than me. Uh, and maybe, man, we're mature enough that we can have a real loving conversation about it and emerge the other side. Friends, man, that, that's fine. But I want to say, let's not let this space ever be a place for like heated, ugly political debates. You guys with me on that? That's like Kyle was like unofficial policy on that. So that's in the group me. That, that's that's wherever. I mean, let, let's not let that. And where, where there is that, let's try to steer steer away from that because, like I said, it can be incredibly divisive. Some of y'all's families are torn apart still from 2016. If they weren't already torn apart from 2012, um, 2020, like. Still ongoing, right? Uh, in, in, in the body of Christ, man, we can't be divided about that. We've got one king. It's King Jesus, right? And we're going to do our best to discern man, who, who, we should, who we should vote for or, or what, what causes we are, are most man, in line with his word. Uh, and, and it is important, right, to, to stake a, take a stand for truth. But we're not going to let it divide us. You guys hear me? And so, so man, that, that, that's one way. I mean, in an election year, God may use you to bring peace where, where there's division. Or to say, hey, man, we, we've got so much more to, to agree on than to disagree on. Man, we've got so much more to rally around and good truth uh, to, to, and, and understanding to come around. We're not going to let this divide us. We already mentioned man, race, ethnicity, culture uh, differences. Man, let's not let that divide us. Right? There may be someone that is radically different than you. That, that's stuff you can learn about, right? That you can make a new friend, that, that they're from a different culture, different ethnicity, and you, you can learn about stuff. They can learn about stuff. I mean, those can be some of the best friendships, right? The, the, the most enriching friendships. When we talk about unity, unity is not uniformity. You guys know uniformity is like everybody looks the same. Unity is different than uniformity, right? We don't want uniformity, right? We're different, and that's a good thing, right? We want to celebrate those differences. I want to celebrate what makes Jalen different than me, right? Because we're not the same, right? We sat across the table dozens of times, if not a hundred times, like, and had all kinds of conversations. We're not the same. What gets me excited is not what gets him excited and vice versa. But I love him, and I like learning about him. Uh, and and so, so in our in our relationships, we can't let... Ethnicity differences, culture differences divide us. Man, let that be so. Oh, that's interesting. It's a place to learn, but, but not a place to feel like, man, I'm superior for whatever reason or to let prejudice or racism creep in. And where we see that happen, and let us be those peacemakers that are actively pursuing peace instead and unity instead and harmony instead. Amen? Unity is not uniformity. We're all different. Let's celebrate those differences. Unity instead is choosing to love one another and live at peace with one another. Showing grace to one another, just like God showed us grace. And God, God forgave the unforgivable in me. God showed me grace and mercy when I didn't deserve it. And so, so how much more should I show grace to my friend who maybe was just having a bad day? Probably not even about me, but he said the thing and it hurt my feelings. Now let me let him off the hook. Let me let him show him grace and mercy, just like I've been shown grace and mercy. I mean, sometimes it's just selfishness. Sometimes it's just, man, man so, someone is having a tough day. Uh, and, and, and we're told in the Bible that we should man, man, put other people first, esteem others better than ourselves. And so, man, man we, should, we should pray for those people. Man, they must have been having a, a terrible day. Why else would they have said that to me? That, you know, you know, I want to pray for them. God, would you bless them? God, would you help them? And would you help me to have a conversation with them where, where I can st- still tell them how much I love them and show them grace? Um, and let us really pursue that in our relationships. A unified body of Christ pleases the Father. It brings blessing and it makes the gospel attractive to those of us that are, that are far from God. So I want to pray with us tonight. I and mean, first and foremost, this, this message is not like by accident. When we're going into this new year, 2024, I want 2024 to be a year where we are unified. 
But we don't let anything divide us, right? The enemy tries to bring division. Nah, we're not going to have it, right? We're going to keep loving you. We're going to double down. I'm going to love you more, right? We're going to have a disagreement. I got to figure out how, how to let you know that I really love you and that this misunderstanding is not going to wreck our whole relationship because you mean more to me than that. Uh, I want this to be, to be the year where we really double down on unity and harmony because God promises that's what he blesses. He blesses unity and we know it draws people to Christ. And that's what I want us to be. I want Calpha to be a place where people are reconciled to God, where they start new relationships with Christ, where they meet Jesus. Uh, and unity is crucial, crucial to that. So I'm going to pray for three things. First of all, man, if you're here tonight and you say, Matt, I'm not where I need to be with God. I mean, I'm, I'm far from God. I'm, man, I, I'm, I'm caught up in something. I, I need to pray for, for forgiveness, pray repentance for, uh, man, man I'm, I'm, I'm just not where I need to be with Jesus. And I want to repent. I want to make it right tonight. I, mean, I would love to pray with you about that. Um, if you've got a relationship that needs reconciliation, say, man, even as I've been talking tonight, you're thinking of, man, I've got a friend and just, man, stuff's not what it should be or a family member where there's division there. And I'd like to pray that God would bring reconciliation there. Maybe you've got a role to play in that. You probably do have a role to play in that reconciliation. Be the one that takes the first step. But let's, let's pray for that relationship because I believe God would want to see it healed and restored. Uh, maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe you and your roommate, it's, it's, Third week, second week of class, and you're off on the wrong foot. But we're going to pray for reconciliation. And finally, I want to pray for those of you that say, I want God to use me to be a peacemaker, to promote unity wherever he places me, right? Uh, in, in the friend group, man, man, at, at Kyle, in, in the, the class. I mean, I hear about some of your classroom dynamics and, and, uh, man, man, and, and your major. There, there's different fights that break out and stuff like that. You would be a peacemaker, Jesus said, blessed are the peacemaker. They're they're, they're the children of God. That you would be that peacemaker that brings reconciliation, that brings unity. Where the enemy's bringing division, you're there bringing peace and unity. And we're most like Jesus. We're children of God when we make peace. And you say, man, I want to be a peacemaker. I want that to be me. Um, Let's pray for these things. You guys can, um, man, let's pray to Jesus. Let's focus on the Lord together. God, we love you. God, thank you for your grace and your mercy towards us. God, thank you for your patience with us, God. God, thank you for showing us grace uh, when we were enemies of God. God, you chose to be united to us. You gave us your son, Jesus. Jesus died on the cross so we could be reconciled to you. Jesus rose from the dead so we could have life in you forevermore. An eternity in heaven with you and this life is over. As we read in your word, unity pleases your heart. You're a father who's pleased when his children are drawn together in unity. And God, we want to please you. God, would you help us to live in unity? God, would you help us to love one another that way? If any of us are in a place where we're, we're far from God, we're, we're not, not where we need to be. Um, Holy Spirit, would you search our hearts? Would you put your finger on anything, man, that's an area that we need to ask for forgiveness? Say, God, please forgive me. God, please help me to repent of this thing. Just turn away from this thing and stop doing it. Uh, maybe this thing's become an idol in my life. It takes too much of my attention away from God. Maybe this thing uh, is actively causing me to, to, to fall into sin and fall away from God. Please, please help me, God, by your grace to say no to that thing, to leave that thing behind and to pursue you instead, Jesus. Jesus, we put our trust in you and what you did on the cross to save us and make us right with God. Uh, not our own ability to do good. Jesus, we trust you. Help us to live for you by your Holy Spirit, by your grace. In Jesus' name. Those of us, God, that uh, there's a conflict uh, in a relationship, there's a broken relationship in our life, 
Uh, God, would you bring healing? Would you bring restoration? If, if there, there's something we can do to help take that first step towards reconciliation, Holy Spirit, would you lead us and guide us? Um, help us to be people that pursue peace. Help us to be those people that pursue peace. And God, would you bring healing where there's broken relationships, God, in, in our friend group, in our family group, wherever that may be. God, would you bring healing? And some of us have a friend that's on our mind right now. I mean, we've not talked to in a minute. I'm saying, I want to go make it right with them. I pray that we would be quick to do that, quick to go and make it right. Jesus, you said if we're standing there praying and we remember that there's someone that we need to forgive or ask for forgiveness from, that we can actually stop praying and go and be made right with them. And he said, I'll wait. I'll still be here when you get back. That's how important reconciliation is to you. So God, man, just, just reveal to our heart the people you want us to be reconciled to and help us to actively pursue reconciliation and unity. God, I pray, Lord, that, that you would make each and every one of us peacemakers. God, that wherever you place us, we would be the people actively pursuing peace and harmony and unity because we know that that blesses your heart. God, use us in that way. Use us on the campus. God, use us, God, that that anointing of the Holy Spirit would be on us, God, to proclaim the gospel to those around us, to bring other people into relationship with God and into the community of the body of Christ. God, use us strategically for your kingdom and for your glory. God, bless these students. God, unity is where your blessing dwells. I pray for your blessing to rest upon these students. God, I pray, Lord, where there's financial need, God, you would show yourself mighty as their provider. God, it's early in the semester, but I know some of these classes are, are, are difficult and, and, and there's already tests coming up. God, I pray that you would help them to, to excel at their studies, give them favor with their professors. Um, God, where, there, where there, there's housing situation needs and, and other kind of problems in the family, God, would you, would you bring solutions there? Would you help there? God, we trust you. God, we need you. God, I pray your blessings will be poured out on these students. Help them in every way, God, in Jesus' name, amen.